We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Anyway, hey, we're going to jump to basketball real quick. Coleman says, what are your thoughts on Mike Bray being involved in the process of hiring the new coach? We talked about this a little bit uh, last week when this first went down, because he mentioned it in his post or in his press conference announcing his retirement that he's going to be involved or he's going to have a say or he's willing or whatever he said. So we talked about it. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. Mike Krzyzewski has earned the right to be a part of finding his replacement. Correct. Dean Smith had earned the right to to have a say in who's going to be his replacement. With all due respect to Coach Bray, who's done a lot of good things in Notre Dame, he should have no say on who's going to replace him. There's no way he can possibly be objective about this. Right. Because some of his former players are going to be up for the job. There's no way he's going to be able to say, no, don't pick, you know, this former player, Chris Quinn or Martin Inglesby or whoever else. Uh, don't pick them, pick this other guy that I don't know, right? right? Who's got a way better resume and would be better fit for that. There's no way he can be objective about that. So if they want to have him be like a token part of the conversation, fine, but he should have no say on, on when decision or or even who the finalist should be. I mean, no, now, yes, no, I'm, I'm sorry. There's just, there's very few coaches that have earned the right to be able to, uh, handpick their replacement or have any say in their replacement and coach Bray is just not one of those guys. I mean, there should be a big giant ring that has the word national and then championship here. That mm-hmm. should be part of your resume. If you're going to, to have absolutely that. Yep. I, and that's basically exactly what I said. If I'm Jack Swarbrick, I'll show him the respect. Be like, Hey, who do you think we should talk to? Give me all, you can give me whatever list. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but you can give me whatever list you want. I'll go, you know, maybe I'll go talk to those guys. Maybe I won't, whatever. Sure. I will at least go have that conversation, but that's where it ends. Like I, I don't, that decision is Jack's and whoever Jack decides needs to be on that committee or however it's going to work. It's not Mike's like, it's just not. So yeah, I agree with you. Plus, I mean, he's shown that he doesn't quite know what to do to get a team to be successful in this current makeup of college basketball. Correct. Agreed. Otherwise he'd have done it himself. Right. Right. 
Call Me Ty has a very interesting question here. Brian says, what position group do you think changes the most top to bottom from week zero to week 12? That's a good one. That's a really good one. If I had to guess, it would be defensive line. Okay. Because I think early on in week zero against Navy, you're going to see a lot of veterans and, you know, I see Nana and guys like that. And that's fine. They're good players. But I have a feeling by the end of the year, we're going to see a lot more of the young guys out there ball and make them plays. That's okay. Mine. Okay. I, I know this is what everybody wants me to say, but I could definitely see it potentially being the case. And that would be linebacker, you know, potentially. I, I, I just th- have no confidence that the, the, literally Maris can't be any worse than he was this year. I mean, literally can't play worse <laughs> than that. Agreed. Agreed and yet but they I still kept trotting him out. Tr- yeah. had a whole month to prepare for, prepare for bowl game. I know Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Steen both got a ton of reps before the bowl game. And how many reps did Nolan Ziegler get in the game? Zero. Yeah. While Maris is out there ripping face masks off, getting penalties, being out of position, and it's just like, like I just I have no faith that Al Golden's going to make the necessary changes. I hope you're right. I Vince. yeah. I, but uh, but seriously, I hope that if it's if it doesn't happen by week one, Vince, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's if, if the first two games they don't try, they trot out the same guys, and I just don't see it's not going to change. Barney and you might see you and and having Navy be your first game is a little bit deceiving as well because I don't think you're going to – you might not see your yeah, but normal – terrible against Navy last oh, year. Oh, I know. I, so like, aware. why would we need to see him in that game? Right. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. And, just, yeah. and and if he if he doesn't play against Navy, it's not going to be that he's never going to play because he could very well start the very next week right. is what I'm yeah. saying. Good so point. Good it, point. We'll see. But you never know. Maybe there's a youth movement halfway through the season, but I'm not holding my breath based see on – it when, I'll believe it yeah. when I see it. Exactly. Exactly correct. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. DJ was out. He's he's in, in for two today. He was watching your previous show. He says, Brian, on today's show, talking about O-line, you mentioned some of the freshmen and two-year guys. What about some of the other guys buried on the depth chart, hearing any, anybody making strides? There aren't a lot of guys like that. 
Yeah. I mean, the reality is because they had that two that two man class in 2020 of Tosh Baker, and Michael <laughs> so, Carmody, so right? Bad. And then you know the the 20 the 2019 that was the 2020 2019 class is Zeke and Kristoffic, and that's it, right? Uh, the 2018 class is gone. And then the 2022 class or the 2021 class, I mean, it's we talked about Blake Fisher. We talked about Rocco. I don't see Caleb Johnson being a guy that moves the needle. Or, you know, I don't see Pat Coogan being that guy, just in my opinion. And then who's the fifth guy? Oh, Joe Alts, the other guy from that group. So uh, who else would it be besides the freshman and the, the year two guys? I mean, there's not a lot of other options. And so I don't really see anybody. And then, you know, we could talk about Tosh Baker, who I was told by several sources had a really good – year last year really developed had a you know really learned a lot under coach Eastam, but he's buried behind two future top 15 nfl draft picks at tackle right now so you know hopefully tosh sticks it out for one more year with knowing that hey there's a pretty decent chance that joe walt's going to be in the top 10 of the nfl draft next year and then tosh would then have a chance to have two more years to start after that yeah so um yeah hopefully that's the case we'll see all right, we're picking your history uh, mind no. here. Gavin says, if you could add one offensive and one defensive player from Notre Dame's history to this year's team to make this a title team, who are you taking? He says, for me, it's Rocket and the Honorable Alan Page. So the way I handle all these, Vince, I never pick guys I never saw play. Right. So, like, I never saw Joe Montana play at Notre Dame. I never saw Alan Page play. I didn't even see Alan Page. I wouldn't even know enough to see Alan Page play in the NFL. I know, right? So uh, I can't pick. I, I can only pick guys that I've seen play. And it's a it's a no brainer for Rocket. Now look, you Jerome Bettis, Reggie Brooks. There's been some great players, but like that makes a strength an even stronger area. Like right. I want to take somebody that's going to make an area that's not elite. And you know, because I could say Zach Martin, I could say Quentin Nelson, but the offensive line I expect to already be good. Sure. Love Tony Rice, but he's not a modern player. I mean, Ricky Waters is a guy you could think of. But again, running back's already still pretty good. Rocket changes the game on the perimeter of your offense yes, sir. in a way that nobody else could. And so he'd be he'd be one. He'd, I mean, Sam Hartman would have six touchdowns this year on throws that he threw behind the line of scrimmage at least to Rocket. And and then defensively, if I'm talking about you know guys that I have seen. Oh man, like there's Jalen Smith, a healthy Jalen Smith on this defense would be pretty nasty. Like think of like, like there, I, there's a, you could go Harrison Smith at safety. That'd be a good one. You could go Justin Tuck at defensive end. Say, That's I, my I, other option. I think Justin Tuck yeah. is a pass rusher. Like think of a better version of Isaiah Foskey. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's hard like not a, to go with Jay, a healthy like, Jalen Smith. Like a Bryant Young or a Chris Zorich, like somebody in the yeah. middle, like the defensive right. line. Right, Bryant Young would be a good one. Yeah, that'd know. be a – because I think Chris Zorich would have a little tougher time. Because he's smaller. In today, yeah, in today's yeah. era. I mean, he's yeah. – like what was Chris Zorich's size <laughs> at Notre Dame? Uh, I don't think it was very big. He'd be undersized right? in today's yeah. world. Yeah, I, I mean, he was I 6'1", 282 is what he was listed as in the pros. He was like 260, 270. I mean, yeah. he's Howard Cross's size. Sure. Now, he'd be a great player, but I just would rather take the 6'3, 300 pound guy in yeah. Brighton. Yep. But you know, it, just Jalen Smith is in the modern day. Look, yeah. if you have a linebacker that can move like Jalen Smith in today's game, I mean, you're going to be and coach hard properly stop. in a yeah, proper exactly. you know, defense. Well, that's not necessarily I, given. <laughs> the 
but significantly better than the guy that coached him. Yes, yes, that's for sure. Yes, that's for sure. Absolutely. Hey, we got another super chat from Brock. Thank, Thank you, you Brock. very much, Brock. He says, "Do you think that JD Price can be a starter slash elite runner this year? From what we've seen and heard, no. I, I, I well, could he be? Yes, he can. Will he be? I don't think so." JD had a chance last year to become that guy. Yeah. J- from what I've been told by multiple sources, JD was their best running back in the spring. However, his injury opened up the door for Audric and Logan to kind of mm-hmm. step in and say, Hey, we're here. Yeah. And so that gap is widened now. Yes. And you're also talking about a guy that's coming back from an Achilles injury. I don't want to push him to become the guy in year one because if you hurt it again, he's done. He'll never be the same guy. So you got a year of eligibility with him, like, you know, just work him back slowly, find mm-hmm. a role for him. I think it's going to be very hard for him to have missed all last year. Let Audric and, and Logan combine for over 1,700 yards and what is it, 14, 15 touchdowns just rushing alone. It's going to be hard, as good as he is, to then come back from an injury and beat those guys out. I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. All right. I'm going to ask a follow-up question, mm-hmm. and this is going to be prognosticating into the future, obviously. But if if Logan Diggs and Audric Estime and Chris Tyree, for that matter, they take the step that you envision that they could and should take going into this year, right? All three of them gone, two gone, one gone, especially with the talent that's going to be in the room moving forward. How do you see the future of this room looking? Because it's obviously crowded going into the 23 season. I think two of the three are gone after next year. Okay. I, I think one of the two, potentially all three. I think there's a greater chance that all three of them are gone than only than two of them come back. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think at best one of them comes back. I think one of the sophomores will go pro, and then I think Chris Tyree leaves, whether that's to also go pro or to, to go somewhere as a fifth-year guy. Yeah. Right, and be the guy. If Chris Tyree is used correctly, I could see him going pro. Sure. Because he's going to have, you know, decent amount of production. He'll probably have a thousand rush career rushing yards, career rushing yards by then. He'll make a lot of plays in the pass game. He'll have shown he can turn kicks. What else would he have to prove somewhere else? He's not a lead right. back. He's not a he's right. not a 20. We've never said that. He's never he's not a 20 touch guy, and no one's going to give him that opportunity and 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 it works. So I could see him leaving as well with a Notre Dame degree in hand. So I could see near all three of in, in that case, okay. Best of luck, yeah. fellas. Y'all did yeah. great. And yep. hey, Jadarian Price and Ju- Jeremiah Love and Jabron Payne, it's your turn now. Correct. And then, you know, Aeneas Williams will be stepping in as a true freshman then who maybe they'll get another back. But, you know, it, it, as long as Jadarian Price is healthy, if you're going into 2024 with a junior Jadarian Price and a <laughs> sophomore Jeremiah Love at running back and Jabron Payne is your number three, okay, I'm going to feel just as good as that backfield mm-hmm. as I do about the one they got now. You know, as far as your your trio, so I think the future at running back looks incredibly bright. Oh, absolutely! Bright. And if and if things go the way Notre Dame fans, you know, hope that they go, then all three of those guys are going to have productive seasons. And at the running back position, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. At the running back position, you've kind of got like X amount of carries in your lifetime as a running back, right? And it just it just feels like the ceiling for running backs as far as longevity in the NFL it's capped. I mean, so Hey man, go get it. Like if you think that you're ready and and you've put enough production together in college, I would have no problem with all three of those guys going to the next level because that means they had a really productive season at Notre Dame. So yeah, I agree with you. I would feel real good about the future of that room too. 
I, I would predict I'd predict one of them to come back. Okay. I think the perfect world scenario for Notre Dame is two of two of the three leave. Okay. And let's just say let's just say Audric because he was had more touches this. I mean more yards. Just it could be Logan, but let's just say Audric leaves, and Tyree leaves. Logan Diggs comes back. I mean, could you imagine Logan Diggs, Jadarian Price, and Jeremiah Love as your right. as your trio? Right. You've got those two guys that are more explosive than the group that the one together the year before. Chris Tyree gets replaced by a four, five inch taller version of himself. You know what I mean? With a little bit more elusiveness. I mean, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. No doubt. No doubt. Right. If they can right. get one of if they can get one of the sophomores to come back, the current sophomores. If just one of them comes back in 2024, Notre would be loaded. Yeah. Absolutely loaded. Oh, yeah. running, again in 2024. Again, yes, exactly. And for the foreseeable future, to be honest. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Rick Doyle says, Mayor or Bowers, who has the best NFL career? I know Bowers isn't leaving Georgia yet, but with all the talk that Bowers is better or is being the best tight end, I'm curious what you guys think. I'd go with Mayor. I mean, Rick, this is a this is a gonna sound like a cop out, but it's really not. It tell me who gets who they get drafted by. Yeah, huge. And that's so much into you know if Michael Mayer goes to a, a, a franchise that doesn't really use the tight end, then it won't be him. If Brock Bowers goes to a team that doesn't really feature the tight end, it won't necessarily be be him. Because here's the thing: just because a GM thinks a guy can do something for you, doesn't mean the coach is going to think that. There's a lot of stubborn coaches in the NFL, just like college. Where, hey, I don't care if you drafted this guy in the first round. That's not enough in my offense. My offense is my offense. Right. You'd think guys would be better than that, but they're not. They're not. So it just depends on where they go, and you know what do you define as better? I would imagine Brock Bowers will probably have more yards than Michael Mayer, most likely. Just the style of tight end that he is doesn't mean he's better. Who's going to have the greater impact? We'll see. We'll see. Um, the thing about Brock Bowers that would concern me a little bit is he's not a real big guy. Mm-hmm. And his speed is great at the end in the college level, but will that translate as well to the next level when guys are he's going against Michael <laughs> Parsons and not some kid from Vanderbilt? Sure. Right? That's going to, where Michael Mayer is going to just still be bigger than anybody he's going up against. Right. His game translates better to the NFL. Yeah, it just does. Well, it, depending on where he goes, right? Well, okay, fair enough. Most of the tight ends that are great are six four, six five, and you know they're they're stronger guys and and things like that. But you know Brock Bowers, you could also point to the Zach Ertzes and guys like that and say, well, Brock Bowers is a better version of those guys. Okay, it's true, but it just depends on where they go. But I think yeah. they're both going to be really good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really lose out with either one. Of course, I'm gonna. I'm going to take Mayer. I think his game translates a little bit better to the NFL. But again, it all depends on where they go. If they if if both of them go to a team that doesn't utilize the tight end very often, it's going to be neither. I mean, you know, so it just all depends on how that shakes out. Okay, Lucas says, looking back at the last two previous signed offensive line classes, is there a player similar to Joe Alt? Not in terms of All-American potential, but one that can far exceed your recruiting rankings. Well, I mean, I, I had all those guys ranked kind of high with their upside grade, right? Same with Joe Wall. But if I'm going to say based on their – so the way that I do it, Lucas, and I don't know if you know this, but I give two grades. I give the current grade and then the upside grade. The guy that I think has the greatest chance to surpass his current grade is the guy that I had ranked lower than most, and that's Joe Otting. 
you know, because I need to see him. He'd be the most comparable to Joe Walt because he's an undersized guy that's really athletic that's got to put on weight and get to that point. But I love Joe Otting's film. Love that kid's film. He's just 260 pounds. And anytime you have a guy that's got to put on minimum 30 pounds, Vince, there's always the concern that will he have the same level of athleticism once it gets there. Same thing with like Emil Wagner, who's not part of it. Well, I guess, I guess Emil Wagner would be there, but Emil Wagner's grade was still kind of high, but not as high as I had uh, others because of the because the others factor in the upside already into his ranking. I don't. Uh, my upside grade is his own thing, but he could potentially be one. But Joe Odding is the most obvious to me uh, because he's the guy that has the big current to 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 floor upside difference. Okay, and that's usually what it comes down to for me. It ain't rocket science. Is the staff still recruiting JOK's little brother? Haven't heard anything about him in forever. Well, he's a 2025 guy. So he's still another year away. Okay. So, yes, I believe they are still recruiting him, but it's a little too early for that. I I, want to bring something up here real quick, Vince, from Salty as a follow-up. He says, why would a team that doesn't use the tight end waste a first-round pick on either of them? Because GMs and coaches don't always agree on things. That's why. We see that all the time where a GM loves a kid, brings him in, and the coach is like, well, we're not building our system around that guy. you know." And so they don't do it. It happens all the time. So you draft a guy that you think is a great player, and the coach says, well, he doesn't fit our system. So he's just not going to make a lot of plays. That's why. It's nuts. That's why. Just, just ridiculous that they can't be on the same page. But and, I mean, but ha- Vince, happens I, all, all I the know. time. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. It happens all the time. It's amazing how often it happens. But yeah. the fact that it does is just ridiculous to me. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gavin says, what are your guys' thoughts on Marcus Stokes being basically blacklisted from the Power Five and ending up at West Florida? We have a no politics policy on the show. Correct. I don't know who this is, so I'm going to have to This is the kid is a white quarterback that was recording himself rapping to a song and then he's Oh, gotcha. Number one, you're an idiot. Agreed. And, you know, like, like, I'm not going to get into, is it appropriate or not? I, I just don't even care to get into that conversation. My only response really is this is a lesson for you young people that think you have to freaking tweet and post every inane thought that comes to your freaking head. Yep. Okay. Stop. Most people don't care. Right. Okay. And the people that are watching are just looking for you to do something stupid so they can crush you. Correct. So. I'm not, I don't know the kid. I don't know if it, for him, it's just, 
that he, him and his buddies sing this stuff all the time, and his buddies don't look like him. I have no clue. For him and the people he hangs around, that may be an acceptable word. I have no clue. No clue. But what are you doing? You're really you're a quarterback, and you're not smart enough to know that's probably not something I should put out on Twitter. Right. You know, like, uh, right. whatever. That's a cautionary but tale. I agree. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to yeah. say – I don't have anything to say about how he's treated, whether it was right or wrong. It's just – it's just that's a lose-lose conversation to have. Correct. And it starts getting into politics and culture, and this is a football show. And all I'm going to say is young people – Start keeping your opinions a little bit more to yourself if you want to have a future of doing anything. Correct. Because you will always have this stuff. I mean, do you remember what they tried to do to Josh Allen a couple years ago? Remember that when he got drafted? Same thing. When he's like 14 years old, he put some rap lyrics on a song, and it, you know, and the people, you know, you look like that, so you can't say that. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. This is actually a conversation I had yeah. with my son. It's like yeah. you have to be smarter than. Didn't that. they try to do something like that to Kyler Murray as well? Like, didn't they find something that Kyler Murray tweeted and he was like 13 or 14? They tried to people have no his... lives to go back seven, eight years or whatever it happens to be and try to find things that are offensive or stupid right. or whatever you name it, right? Just yeah. to dive into stuff. It's just it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Number one, that they're doing it, and number two, that people jump on it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, this guy's a bad person because of that. So, some things are worth jumping on, right? Sure. Well, sure. But a lot of this sure. is just like, the, he's being, he's an idiot, right? right. But, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. All right. Here we go from Milton Fan. He says, what player or unit group improved the most during the season? <sighs> on Notre Dame? I mean, it's offensive line. Okay. Clearly, I mean yeah, they were they bad, bad the first two games. They started out, and bad. by the end of the year, they were outstanding. I mean, receivers got better. The production didn't get better, receiver, but the play got better. That's so that, that's where I was going to go yeah. because from start to finish, you're not wrong about offensive line. I wasn't even thinking about the offensive line because I just automatically think that they're good. But yeah. from where the receivers started to where they ended up was like. Yeah, a big difference. A lot of people don't think that's true because they just look at production. Well, you beat Clemson, you didn't throw for hundred. It doesn't mean guys weren't getting open. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't throw the dang ball to yourself. Right. The perfect example is Braden Lindsey. We all year we're saying this guy's, and then what happens in the one game he has? You know, end of the year he's quarterback one throwing deep ball and he smokes South Carolina secondary for a touchdown. Right. And it's just like, dude, he's been doing that all year. Right. It just they don't throw him the ball. I just, I just have a feeling he's going to be sitting in his corner office at the whatever job he just took, and he's going to be watching. Where he'll be it. making a lot of money, of course. Right? Oh, hundred percent. That's why I said corner he's office. He's a smart right? kid. Yeah, right. that's why I said corner office because right. he's going to be doing just fine. But he's going to be watching these games on a Saturday where he's putting in extra work and he's doing his thing. He's going to watch a game on his computer and he's going to see Sam Hartman just chucking the ball deep all day, and he's going to be like, "Son of a gun!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where was yep. this? <laughs> Yep. Oh, I feel bad for the man. I do. I do. But he got his degree and he's he's doing things. So good for him. But yeah, uh, yeah that's going to be super frustrating. All right. Thank you, everybody, for participating hold on. in. Hold on. Hold on. There's a couple of those I want to get to that you oh, didn't okay. get to, Vince. Pull them up. What okay. do you got? So I don't know why you passed some of these, man. Well, okay. one of them I was going to put into rapid fire. Okay. The, the, okay. the team one, I was going to add yes, that one. Yes. But end. here's a couple others. Number one. Here we go. Okay. Okay. I have this one. Brian oh. and Vince, what are your Super Bowl picks from Irish Town? Oh, man. 
you know, I definitely don't have a dog in the fight either direction. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Kansas City. They are um, – I just think they have a lot of talent. Obviously, the Eagles have a ton of talent on defense. So it's going to be the Eagles' defense versus Kansas City's offense. Which wins that battle? I'm going to take Kansas City's offense, so I will take Kansas City. I don't know who I'm picking. I don't watch NFL enough. I know who I'm rooting for, and I'm rooting for the Chiefs. For a million reasons. I've said this before. I don't like Nick Sirianni. I don't know why. The dude just rubbed him the wrong way. He just strikes me as a giant, you know what? Uh, just, I, you know, look, I like coaches with energy and all that, but there's a line that you can cross where you're just kind of being a D bag at that point in time. That's the energy he gives me, is that, you know, and it's like he's doing an interview with his kids and he's like getting on his skin. I'm like, dude, you brought your little children out to the press conference. What were you expecting to do? Like, wait there, say, yes, uh, thank you. I'll uh, wait for any of your questions. Like, you get mad at your kids for man, like you brought, let, let them be your kids, you know, right? Right, but uh, you know, it is what it is. But they were adorable little kids, so they were so excited to be up on that stage with him. It was so it was funny. Uh, but the his, do you see his daughter like mocking him? <laughs> was she really? Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> he looks at her, he's like, you know, it's like, well, you didn't know she was gonna do that, you know, your yeah, kids. yeah, exactly. Uh, but That's I funny. also just don't like Philly at anything, I don't like Philadelphia, I don't like Philly fans that much. They're just like, I don't want them to win at anything. They're, and they're going to burn the city if they do. I mean, they do that every time oh. they win something. They just burn stuff. You know, they're like Michigan State fans. It's like, you know. Yeah. They just burn stuff. Yeah. They just burn stuff. So I did want to bring oh. this this one up from Anthony Salmi. He says, how about letting the IB fans send in topics for Friday Rapid Fire Show? It would help the staff and give IB Nation some skin in the game. Um, so that won't be for Rapid Fire. But there is something that I have in the works that I don't want to talk too much about that's going to be a IB After Dark is eventually going to become a thing. And, and it'll be somewhat geared towards that. So there'll be some topics that I'll discuss and then some top some fan pick topics. So it'll be something along those lines and it'll be uh, it'll be decided by people that are on the message board. Okay. So I wanted to bring this up because that is something. I don't know when we're going to launch it because we got a lot of other things we're working on right now. I'm still trying to hire an editor. That got pushed back a week because of some stuff that came up with the family and the business and all that. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things that we are going to do. I just don't know when. Okay. So, Or if it'll be live. It may just be a thing where I record and put up at night, but it may be live. So there's a lot of things to work out, Anthony, so I don't know when. or, But it'll be part of it will be geared towards what do y'all want to talk about? And so, yeah, I just wanted to to speak on that. Okay. Sounds good to me.